a challenge that every Christian at one point or another eventually stumbles into is the reality that what you once thought was a correct understanding of the faith or of a particular Bible passage or even a dearly held belief might actually be not right. Of course, no one intentionally decides to be wrong, but until you've been corrected, we go on with what we know. Even if that belief takes us farther and farther from the truth, if not God himself. Perhaps you've heard someone attribute this phrase as coming from the Bible. God helps those who help themselves. Sounds reasonable, even wise, that you need to do your part in life because God has given you time and resources to take care of yourself. He won't magically give you all that you've asked for because He's already placed into your hands the necessary ingredients to get it done. And while this phrase, God helps those who help themselves, fits nicely into our common sense approach of life, you know, it's, it's neither from the Bible nor God. In fact, Ben Franklin wrote these words in 1757, Poor Richard's Almanac. But to be honest, he was merely repeating this phrase from Algernon Sidney, who put them into print some 50 years or so earlier in an article entitled, Discourse Concerning Government. If you were to live your life with this Ben Franklin wisdom guiding your steps, it would seem godly and correct, but sadly mistaken. For God is not waiting for you to take the initiative, and then He will add in His help. And for those poor, lazy people who haven't done their best like you have, well, they're on their own as they deserve. What if we have done something like this with an actual Bible passage? And not one from a lesser-known book of the Bible like, you know, Second Hezekiah. Don't look it up. I was just joking. There is no Second Hezekiah, but anyway. But from a passage that is known worldwide and shows up on billboards and t-shirts and stadiums where, where we've taken something that God has actually said in His Word and have done something different with it than He originally meant it to be. Well, the passage that I put before you today for your consideration is John 3.16, <clears throat> where it says, For God so loved the world that He gave His one and only Son, that whoever believes in Him should not perish but have eternal life. What do these words mean? How do they direct the steps of your life? If your answer goes something like this, well, these words mean that Jesus forgives my sins and saves me from eternal death so that when I die, I will go to heaven. If that is what this passage means to you, then I would have you consider that at the very least, you have glossed over the actual meaning of the text. This passage is not about Jesus dying on a cross, forgiving your sins so that you can go to heaven when you die. It's true that Jesus died on the cross to save you from hell, but that's not what this passage of John 3.16 or the whole chapter is about. Jesus is in a long conversation with a Jewish leader named Nicodemus. And Nicodemus already knew that God provided a way for his sins to be forgiven 
through a sacrifice. Nicodemus already knew that he was the beloved of God and that when he died, he can rightly expect to be taken to paradise. Nicodemus already knew everything that you say this passage is about if it were about forgiveness and heaven when you die. And yet, he was going to miss it all. Heaven, forgiveness, and God's love. Wait, how? Why? And you might too, without the gift that Jesus came to bring. But to receive it, all you must be born again. John 3.16, For God so loved the world that He gave His only Son, that whoever believes in Him will not perish but have eternal life, is all about life with Jesus in His kingdom. Yes, your sins will need to be addressed and forgiven. And yes, paradise awaits you. But all of this is secondary to the eternal quality of life that is the life with Jesus. This life with Jesus and in Jesus isn't something you can help yourself to and then God will come along and supply what you lack. This life with Jesus means that you die and a new person is born again all by the power and gift of the Holy Spirit. This life with Jesus means that you believe He is right about everything, about God, about good and evil, right and wrong, about how life works best as you love God with all of your heart, soul, mind, and strength, and, and love your neighbor as yourself. It is a new life, God-given life, that runs on and in the Spirit where you are learning to abandon your plans and, your, and are pursuing the holy will of God that is written in the words of the Bible. This is a very different life than one of doing your own thing and, you know, receiving a little forgiveness along the way as you need it and hoping to go to heaven when you're all, it's all over and you're dead. You know, Ben Franklin can give you better counsel than Jesus for that kind of life. But the John 3.16 kind of eternal life where the Father so loves you that He gave His only Son is lived here. And now, with Jesus, with a heart fully devoted to Him and His way. The invitation that Jesus gave to His first students was to come and follow, to be with Him, and to learn to put into practice everything that He taught. The promise that He gave them as He ascended to the Father was, I will never leave you or forsake you. They didn't wait until they died and went to heaven for such an eternal kind of life. It was here, it was now, and it will never end. This is the same new life that He has invited you into with Himself. You were born into it in your baptism as a gift of grace out of the Father's love, born and now received by Jesus as the Spirit gives you that faith. May the Lord Jesus Christ then bring you ever closer to Himself in that faith and knowledge and love, and more committed than to put into practice everything that He said, and, and to hallowing of the Father's name, and bringing glory to Jesus, and to the delight of the Holy Spirit.